The most beautiful and most profound experience is the sensation of the mystical. It is the sower of all true science. He whom this emotion is a stranger, who can no longer wonder and stand in rapt awe, is as good as dead. To know that what is impenetrable to us really exists, manifesting itself as the highest wisdom and the most radiant beauty which our dull faculties can comprehend only in their primitive forms. This knowledge, this feeling, is at the center of true religiousness. Anybody recognize that? That's Albert Einstein. Um, to me, that's, that's quite profound. Uh, and it brings up all kinds of things about who we are, what life is, and, and how we're living our lives now, at this time in history, with technology, politics, and everything. Um, who we are, how we, how we perceive ourselves, is to a large extent being defined by the traditions that we live in, the culture that we live in. And this has changed dramatically over millennia. Um, there, was, there was a time when, uh, like the indigenous cultures, everything was alive, everything was a spirit, everything uh, could be related to on, on the same level as we relate to each other. And then there were gods that were created in other cultures that were above us and they controlled our lives. Um, there were times when the idea of one god came into existence. And each, each different generation that has a different idea invalidates the previous ones. So now we're into science and technology, that's our new religion. And anybody who believes in anything, like spirits in trees and mountains, is, is ignorant or confused or dumb. Um, but the whole world, everything, the universe, is alive. Right? There's intelligence everywhere. Um, everything exists in consciousness. consciousness Awareness may be the universal field that the scientists have been trying to come to terms with for at least a hundred years or more. Um, the, the basic idea is that maybe we can't know it all in spite of science. Um, and that's what Einstein was saying. Um, and, and it seems to me that the more defined we perceive ourselves, the more localized we perceive ourselves, the more limited our possibilities are. If we can open to the mystery that Einstein is talking about, 
then the whole world becomes alive to us. The, the, the limited faculties that he was talking about, I think, are the intellect, basically. Um, I, was, I was at a dinner with my son and some of his friends, and I can't exactly remember what the conversation was, but one of the fellows uh, made a point about his relationship and, and what that meant. And the fellow across the table from him pulled out his cell phone and, and Googled, and he said, no, that's baloney. <laughs> there are studies here to say. <laughs> but that was his feeling. <laughs> Invalid. Um, we, we do that all the time. Uh, we, we, we judge other cultures by our own. We judge other people's ideas by our own. We're, we're the benchmark. Or maybe we have a benchmark outside ourselves and we're always comparing ourselves to that. Are we good enough? Are, are we able to, to do the things we do? And, I mean, we define ourselves by what we do. Right? I'm, I'm an engineer, I'm a mother, I'm a, I'm a little kid. I'm, you know, it, it just goes on and on. And actually, um, in Aboriginal cultures, your name is what you do. And if you change what you do, your name changes. So, you know, you're the healer, or you're the leader, or you're a hunter, and so on. Um, we're, we're so identified in, in being limited that it's scary sometimes to think of not. Right? There are a lot of people who are living in the city who are terrified of the, just the idea of going out into the country, right into the woods, into the wilderness, because their, their feeling of control would disappear. Right? They don't know what's out there. And, and the unknown is perhaps the, the largest fear we have. And, and what fear does is it constricts the awareness to the form of the threat. And that means excluding everything else. Because the dog that's going to bite you is the most important thing in that moment, so it's a good idea to be able to focus. Or, or you know, the car that's whipping down the street towards you. If, you. if you can't isolate that in your awareness, chances are major changes will happen to your body. It's all really, really important. Um, that, that we do have fear, but to be uh, dominated by it, to be I identified with the limitations of it, restricts what we can be. And there are people who are constantly afraid. There are people who, who won't go out of their apartment or out of their room because they've become so anxious. And there are other people who won't go into elevators because they become very anxious. I have uh, lots of people who, who come in for, for doing inner work uh, that have had experiences in their past that are still defining who they are. And, and the whole purpose of therapy is to allow them to open those boundaries 
so they can realize their potential. At least from my point of view. Um, we come here uh, probably for a good reason. Right? When you meditate, what happens? And it doesn't matter what kind of meditation you do. When you meditate, you begin to settle down and experience the thing that's beyond all the boundaries, which is Buddha nature. It's pure awareness, pure intelligence, pure creativity, pure love. Um, and, and when that becomes a, even a little lively in us, we feel better. Um, when you come here and, and just meditate here, uh, how do you feel afterwards? Besides listening to a boring talk, how do you feel afterwards? <laughs> you feel a little better? Feel a little more integrated, calmer as you go out into the world? It may not last too long, but at least you get the touching of that here. And a lot of people are concerned that they can't meditate because they can't concentrate. They can't focus enough because of all those other stresses that impinge on us constantly. And when we suppress the stresses, when we, we try to ignore them, whatever our fears have been or unpleasant experiences have been, they're not gone, they're just buried in the unconscious. And like putting up the garbage, the unconscious wants us to deal with them, so every so often we'll be triggered and something will come up. And especially if you're meditating, because when you meditate, right, what happens is the awareness settles down and the body becomes more relaxed, and when the body's relaxed, it can release all kinds of old tension and stress. So those thoughts pop into the mind. And so some people will say, well, geez, I, I can't meditate, I just think these thoughts all the time, and I really don't want to do that. But you're getting rid, or you're resolving those old experiences. Right? So they can shift into long-term memory instead of being stuck held out of consciousness, and they become resource memories. So, the idea of concentrating in meditation, uh, well, there, there are two ways of thinking of concentration. One is excluding everything extraneous to what the focus is, and the other is to become really intense in the focus, to saturate, be saturated with the focus, whatever that may be. And it's really hard to push things away, to block the thoughts. I mean, has anybody been successful blocking those thoughts? <laughs> no. <laughs> so that's a waste of time. Okay. So, so just being focused and allowing the thoughts to come and go is the easiest way. I mean, thoughts come and go. We, we, don't, we don't make them come and go, they seem to have a volition of their own. Whether it's old stresses or what we're going to eat for breakfast or whatever it is, right? they just pop up and pop up and pop up. And 
and it's very hard to hold on to a thought for any given length of time. So we just keep coming back to the focus. And the focus is whatever takes us or allows us to experience what's deeper inside. And it's not necessarily our intention to go deep. Right? If you, if you are, are doing the simple meditation of following your breath and counting your breath, right, what that does is it allows the mind to be in this moment. Okay, so our attention's in this moment, because if we're paying attention to how it feels to breathe, and what's happening as we breathe, then the sense of that can only happen right now. So, if you think about what you, how it felt to breathe five minutes ago, which you may not be able to because it's pretty much the same, so you can't identify that, but if you could do that, you'd be remembering. You wouldn't be experiencing your breathing right now. So now is where you really exist. Now is where everything happens in our lives. And now is because of pure awareness. Pure awareness is good nature. It's the, the, the field of what we are. It's everything. And it's everything connected. Constantly connected. Uh, there's a Buddhist teacher, Jane Hirschfield, and she said, Zen can be distilled into three things. Um, one is everything's connected. Two, everything changes. Three, pay attention. That's it. <laughs> okay. But, but that's, that's really all there is. Right? As soon as we start judging, as soon as we start intending, and as soon as we start to try and make things happen, we get caught up and we lose that sense of presence in the awareness of the moment. When a baby's born, the nervous system is pretty much undeveloped. The brain is, is, isn't been filled up with all kinds of connections yet. And so the baby, I mean, has had some experiences in the womb <coughs> and maybe there's past life stuff, but, but basically it's, it's a blank slate. And as the baby has different experiences, then the brain starts to become organized. The neurons, the, the nerve cells start connecting so that you get pathways happening. And eventually the baby can, can recognize people and, and walk and talk and do all kinds of drive a car, do all kinds of things. And that's because all those pathways have been developed. And somehow, and I, I think it's one of the mysteries, those pathways actually give us experiences. Those little cells firing. And I, 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 I worked in film for a long time, back when there was actual film. And um, film is individual still pictures in a sequence at 24 frames per second. Because if you go less than 24 frames per second, it becomes jumpy. Uh, video is 30 frames per second, but it's still still pictures. Right, coming up, coming up, coming up. And you get this smooth movement, 
because of those still pictures going by so quickly that the mind puts them together. So, so what if our brains are a film? And what we remember is a film, and how the senses bring in information is part of the film. And in any moment, it's a still picture. If you look at your hand, you look at your hand, your hand is a dynamic thing, right? It's responsible for doing and creating all kinds of things in our lives. And yet, if you want to look at it, you hold it still. You know, you very seldom are watching your hands while you're eating and doing all kinds of things, unless you've got Parkinson's or something, and it's not really getting the food to your mouth. Then you pay a whole lot of attention. And in fact, anything that doesn't work is where we put our attention, because we need to put effort into it, energy into it. But as long as, as everything is working fine, I mean, you're sitting there, unless you have pain, you notice your shoulder. Because it's just part of what's happening, and it's integrated, and it's working together. And, and to me, it seems that the mind is like that. Right? The mind is open, and there's fluidity to it, unless there's a problem. Unless there's an unresolved stress that's being stored in there somewhere. And that will start to get our attention. And if we can't deal with it, then we'll compensate for having that there. And we'll develop resources that we didn't have at the time that stress occurred to us. Right? To help us resolve it. And then that will just become part of the whole and, and the mind will become fluid again. And, and the more of those kinds of stresses we have, of course, the more we get seized up, mentally and physically, because it's all stored in the body. So, as you go through your life, right, part of that, that restriction, part of the limitations, has to do with the past experiences. Okay. So, in meditating, what we're doing is giving ourselves the opportunity to be here now. And just letting the world pass, letting, letting the experience flow, and being present in this moment. I, I think I, I mentioned previously that flow is the experience of being in the world without restrictions. So that your body responds to the moment. You know, if you play sports, Right? The more in the moment you can be, the better the performance will be. Uh, there, was, there was a, I think it was a, a psychologist from the University of uh, California at uh, Santa Barbara. And she, somebody, somebody in the States had been promoting positive thinking that everybody should think happy thoughts, and, and then you'll live a happy life. And she did this research, this study, and said it's all baloney. So again, <laughs> right. And yet, 
almost all the elite athletes make uh, visualization about what they want to achieve an important part of the training program. Right. So, it's all okay. Uh, there was, there was, I just got a little snippet of an interview with, with I, I think it was a football player, but I'm not sure because I only got the central part and then I had to leave. But the fellow was saying that he has to have, in his, he might have been a golfer, he has to have in his mind that he's going to play the perfect game. He's going to have to uh, do better than he's ever done before in that particular game. And if there's any doubt, he'll mess up everything. Right? So he holds that in his mind, and that's the focus. And so then he does his best, because that, that frame of reference is set up for him. His whole nervous system is attuned to it. So then, then, if you want, you can ask yourself, who am I? Right? What defines me? How do, I, how do I need to be in this life? Why am I doing what I do? Right? Why do I relate to others in, the, in my work and, and everything the way I do? Um, I had a nice little thing to end with. Okay, so, so it's Einstein again, which I think is really interesting for me. Uh, he said, space and time are not conditions in which we live. They are simply modes in which we think. Um, and if that's too much. <laughs> Another quote, if you don't become the ocean, you'll be seasick every day. That's Leonard Cohen. So. <laughs> I thought you'd like that. <laughs>